So basically, I decided to watch the Karate Kid Part <laughs> 2 because I hadn't seen that one in a long time. And uh, it's actually really good. It's actually like the... Like it, it, the it's the Empire Strikes Back. I was about to say that. Is it the Empire Strikes Back? Karate Kid, the Karate Kid, the original Karate Kid trilogy, uh, which is unfortunate. And then I watched the third one, and it weirdly is the Return of the Jedi. Also, like <laughs> were there Ewoks? No, well, no. But what happened is like so. So the third, so Return of the Jedi. There's like you you get a whole bunch of payoff in like Jedi shit. Like there's all kinds of like it's it's so subtle and like rare in the first couple of movies and then the Return of the Jedi he's just like I got a cool new lightsaber and he's just running around killing people with it and doing cool Jedi shit and so similarly the third one there's so much more karate oh, than the what? first two nice. the first two because it's not about you know it's not about karate man well, it's about karate but you know what I mean it's <laughs> like uh, you know th- that's the whole point especially the first movie and then the third movie's like no you know what this movie needs more karate <laughs> and it just goes bald. But every single movie has a uh, a soundtrack with at least one song that was like the movie tie-in single slash music video. Right. It was the 80s. Right. So after I watched the second one, I watched the third one, and same thing happens. You get hit with this credit song, which uh, the, each song I feel like either kind of either reinforces sort of like the message of the movie or weirdly contradicts it. <laughs> and so that's kind of what it, so like everyone, okay, so everyone, most people have seen the first Karate Kid. I can, I'll keep, this is, I'll keep this one the shortest as possible because you either you should know it or, you know, or you don't care. But uh, it's a classic <laughs> 80s, you know, sports trope movie. And it was I, one of the big, I can confirm that because if you go to Takiera downtown in Jersey City, it was one of the 80s movies that they would play with the sound off. Oh, nice. Right? So the, nice. Because you can only play, you can only do this with, with huge movies, right? Because if, if there's some movie you haven't seen and the sound's off, you'd be like, what's the Right, what's and you're like, deal? what is this right, movie? Right, but it's like, you're like, oh, they got the Karate Kid out. <laughs> right, yeah. but it's like Karate Kid or like Footloose. You're like, I don't even need to hear this because I know every part. Yes, exactly. So the first one uh daniel larusso or as everyone for the rest of time referred to him as daniel son and it's like okay but like you're not japanese you don't have to like give him an honorific that's what son is it means like like honorable daniel and so it's just a thing you call like just most people in in japanese culture and people but and so mr miyagi calls him daniel son the whole movie and it's, oh that's funny but then for us of like the next couple decades people would just be like remember when daniel son was blah, blah, like you could just call him daniel it's his name you don't have <laughs> the, to like i didn't even remember the character's that. name is daniel <laughs> his name was daniel and yes it's been a minute. his japanese martial arts teacher calls him daniel son but like I don't know. That's a, a thing that annoyed again, me for the last thirty again, years. My what is one of my favorite tunes said it was acceptable in the eighties yes. to basically shit all over someone else's culture in a right. very like not accurate representation. That's true. And I, but again, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't intentional, but it was just hilariously like that's like like people thought that was his name or something maybe because it said more than people just calling him. 
And also the kid also has like no friends. Like his only friend is his karate teacher. So that's <laughs> right, part no, of well, that. Nobody again, else talks to him. So there's like, oh yeah, it's just, right. he's just Daniel. So another point about it being acceptable in the 80s. <laughs> right. The 80s, a time before every like not blood related adult was assumed to be a pedophile. <laughs> right. Because right? now like half of the stuff in the news is like the their swim teacher or swim coach, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But this was like, yeah, just leave him alone with that straight man he, like he'll he'll teach him about life so, he'll right. teach him the lessons i as a parent am not teaching him <laughs> right. because it's so the 80s. so yeah so first off this actually it hits right with where the movie starts so daniel russo is from new jersey but he moves <laughs> that tells you all you need to yeah know. he moves to california with his mom i think because his parents got divorced and or something like that, uh, or his dad died. I don't remember. It's not. It's not in like, in the. I don't think. I think actually, no. He did die because it comes up in the second one. But like whatever. So he has no dad, and Mr. Miyagi has like nobody uh, at, at this point, and they get into his backstory later. But anyway, because he's a creepy, lonely. So he's just like I think man. he's like the super. Like he fixes their sink or something. And, you know, Daniel's trying to learn karate from uh, a book. I don't know if he's already been bullied. That's the running theme of the movie. But, like, he just sees it coming, maybe. Or he's just like, <laughs> bullying is going to happen. He's I like, better get ready. He's like, this is California. Yeah. I'm from New Jersey. They're going to they're gonna beat the crap out yeah. of me. Uh, and so, uh, right. So his mom lets this neighbor handyman <laughs> teach him karate and so, like, after school, he just goes and hangs out with this old neighbor. <laughs> this dude. could be, like, the ultimate McDojo story. Right? <laughs> right? Like, that would have been way well, funnier. No, okay. But so that's one of the the weird, the interesting themes with it is the, uh, is that it, it has this weird, even though McDojos weren't a thing yet, it was sort of warning you about McDojos. Uh, but... But it, but it was basically why McDojo's became a thing. Like, right, to, to, right, If exactly. you want to go back to the whole cultural insensitivity point, like it was that there was that period of time where it was just like you assumed if like somebody was Asian in, in right. America, well, like this is that how, they knew how to kick your ass. This is how acceptable that was too. Was that um, uh, and again, I have personal experience with this. So <laughs> uh, everyone saw the Karate Kid, and then uh, at least in the Midwest. So the, th the interesting thing is that you know the Karate Kid is about Okinawan karate. karate which is where karate originated and then spread to the rest of Japan. And so some, you know, Okinawan people get very offended if you're like, yeah, you know, karate, Japan, you know, and like the karate kid, but, and the karate kid, you know, he's Okinawan. The second one takes place in Okinawa. So anyway, so, uh, but everyone saw the karate kid and what was available in, because just like in the movie, um, you know, uh, Mr. Miyagi, his family's karate was only taught from like father to son and so similarly japan you know was very slow to start teaching people stuff um but well, a bunch of so dudes from korea came over and started taekwondo dojos <laughs> right and they were like it's karate it's like karate but it's from korea and everyone's parents were like close enough <laughs> how much close enough because there were no there was no like okinawa and mr miyagi because again you couldn't the the movies teach you that the best way to learn martial arts is to find a small old asian man <laughs> Who does? Who will? Who does who not needs, want to teach who, it to you? Who but needs, you will get. You have to but, get his family secrets he, from him. But he really needs a fence painted. Right. He really needs a lot of handiwork done. 
and and free and you look like free labor. Yeah, if and, you look like sufficiently <laughs> inexpensive right. labor, one of the fringe benefits yes. of uh, of your time <laughs> is you may you may learn karate. Yes. Um, so Daniel learns about karate and life, so in, in theory, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna do too many details. Uh, like so, okay. So there's the other dojo, Cobra Kai, uh, the run greatest by the greatest oh, heel the faction name? John of all time. He has a ridiculous name too, which I can't remember. For some reason. Oh, John Kreese. John Kreese is the the head of the Cobra Kai dojo, and Johnny Johnny Lawrence. That's why they both start with L. That's like Johnny not, Lawrence. It's not really like a. There's nothing to that name that makes him sound evil. Right, he just sounds right. like Joey Lawrence. But he is, but he is like distinctly blonde. Oh no, yeah, he's super blonde. Ralph Macchio he's, is kind right. of that's that dark that's hair, the dark California skin. thing, man. Right, he's but also California he's like kid. the evil Aryan kid too. Oh, okay. And like you know, I mean, Larusso Wait, wear, is Italian, does but he, he wear, could just as easily be, you know. Does anyone wear a gi with a rising sun on it? Because that would, um, well, but the thing is, I think most Americans don't wouldn't get the reference. No, because they had a cobra on it. Because right, they were the yeah. cobra cat. Right, they were like they were like brown and had a cobra. But I didn't yeah. know if they showed like if there was like a gym scene where they're like practicing and somebody's got like a rising sun. Thing. I don't know. I mean, the real places probably had rising sun <laughs> logos. Um, well, the real karate places, the real taekwondo places, had Korean flags. Right. Well, like, like, what's that? that? <laughs> no, like, well, to Korean people, like, like the Rising Sun is like a swastika, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, great. That's the other great part is you're like, which actually, I bet a lot of those dojos were like, yeah, yeah, kid, you're gonna learn karate, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take that, Japan. Anyway, uh, but anyway, so, uh, so you know, uh, he learns that uh, if you fight. You lose, like it's better not to fight, and you study martial arts so you don't have to fight. It's kind of the message. Uh, but then the oh, I, I forget, the, I didn't watch this one recently, but I've seen it enough. But off the top of my head, I don't remember the specifics of why he ultimately is the, like, oh, well, I guess I have no cho- choice but to fight him in this tournament. <laughs> or I think it was, you know, the, the recurring theme of like, uh, I want to fight in this tournament, and Miyagi's like, nah, I'm not cool with that. He doesn't sound like that. But, you know. right, right, no, no, um, because what isn't the point? So again, the last time right. I watched this movie was with the sound off at Takira right, Downtown. It's not for competition, but, right? No, but that's right. The whole that's the whole thing is he's like, no, that's like it's it's like it's like with music, right? Where yeah. people want to enter competitions, and you're like, yeah, that's not how this works, right? And it's not really going to help you, and it doesn't really prove anything. And so it's yeah, it's very it's a very strong parallel. And so, uh, but for by the end of it, he just gets bullied so good. Well, that, well, also because the uh, they. They mess up his, or they're trying to mess up his shot with that girl, right? Because they go, mm. they're like at the drive-in or whatever. I forget what it is, but it's that scene you're where right. they have all the sweet ass classic cars I'm, parked. You're reminding me, and you're also reminding me since I did watch the third one, how much the third one is also just a retread of the first right, one, which is why it's the Return of the Jedi, right? Right. Because exactly. It's basically, like, hey, remember that <laughs> remember the Death, Death Star, Star thing? It's yeah. back. It's back, but it's like scarier. But it looks cooler now. Yeah. Um, and the bad guy, his boss is here. Oh, we gotta, I don't want to get ahead of it. It's, no, the third one is amazing. This is gonna, this is the reason I want to do this is I really just wanted to describe the third one because it's fucking hilarious. And, and probably no one saw it. Right, exactly. The world needs to know. We're doing the Lord's work on this. Podcast. Exactly. 
If it gets too rambly, I'll just edit out, you know, me describing unnecessary details. All right. So, uh, so like, yes, you're right. It's, it's eventually that, uh, you know, cause they're, they're, they're basically trying to extort him cause it's really important to them that they humiliate him in a public tournament as opposed to like already harassing him is like <laughs> right. somehow just beating him up in public. Is yeah. It, isn't good enough. So, uh, and, and, and the, the over, the over uh overvaluing of this tournament was is a recurring theme throughout the rest of the series because <laughs> it's like uh like there have been other people have done really good uh kind of breakdowns on this like a really good one is uh there's an episode of community where uh they and i highly recommend watching it if you like community or if you just want a hilarious parody of this so they're putting on it you know like a uh, their community college is doing a th- production of the Karate Kid, and the whole running thing is that <laughs> like Chang, a, like a play, yeah, yeah, or a musical, yeah. And the director is played by Jason Manzukis, is like super aggressive, and he he casts Chang as Mr. Miyagi, even though he's trying out for Danielson, <laughs> and he's kind of mad about it, and he's like super mean to him the whole time too. He's like, that was garbage. He's like, you know, you're acting yeah. as garbage or that kind of thing, and then he casts Annie as Daniel LaRusso and she's really psyched about it, but she's just terrible. She's just like, Hey, I'm the karate kid basically, like, you know? <laughs> and so it, it goes on like this. And then uh spoiler, uh, which I should have said at the beginning, I'm going to spoil all the karate kid movies, but not really. Cause you'll, it'll really just make you appreciate them no, more. If you do watch there, them, <laughs> there's no such thing as a spoiler for like a 20, <laughs> right, exactly, 30 year exactly. old movie. Exactly. And really like, it's like, like you didn't think he was going to win the tournament at the end. Like, um, this was Hollywood in the eighties. But that'll get me to how they could have made an amazing movie if he had lost in the third one. That would have made it would have flipped the whole. Anyway, we'll get we'll get to we that. can remake it in your vision. <laughs> Do a reboot, but just the third one. <laughs> it's not a reboot. It's, it's like a soft reset. It's a soft reset of the third one, <laughs> but with the implication that the first two still happened. <laughs> right. we're just right, that's the third what I'm one. saying. It's with a, a completely it's different a, cast. It's a soft reset. Uh, so Spock comes back in this <laughs> one. Spock. He's stranded on the at the karate tournament. The parallel uh, parallel timeline. Daniel LaRusso, played by a uh, 40-year-old Ralph Macchio, uh, is there. But then the young Ralph Macchio is played by somebody right. else, yeah, so you can, see. you know, pass the torch. Yeah. Uh, and it's not Jane Smith. Um, <laughs> you know, the one about uh, Kung Fu? The Kung Fu Karate Kid? I have to, I have to watch that still, or I think I, I think I did watch it, and it was fairly unremarkable to me, but all right. Uh, but I'm going to watch it again now, because now that I, wa- I watched the second and third one, I got to watch whatever remaining anything with the right, brand. you're committed now i'm committed i gotta see it through and, and see if they did a good a good tie-in yeah, song see it to the end because i don't think they, they they held that up but anyway Maybe if they didn't you can write one exactly we can we can we can make a gen, i'll write i'll write a karate kid a song about song. how the karate kid does kung fu now or something like that and how racial and sensitive were we supposed to get more sensitive about this was like whatever close enough but uh okay so so he finally you know fights in the tournament and he wins with the crane kick uh but well you're leaving out the parts about how you know the other guys fight dishonorably right they do right they Uh, do the like the sweep the leg right right, they sweep the leg and and he has the one guy like the one guy doesn't the one guy get dq'd just to injure him um so yeah so he can set up the final match 
And then there's the whole part about Mr. Miyagi like doing the oh, right. thing. He, he, he fixes he leg. Does his uh yeah his magic. He uh, uses <laughs> he uses his daily uh priest spell. <laughs> yes, lay on hands get, to get eight hit points. His daily back healing. Yes, for Danielson. Um, so you know it's like it's all of karate is in your <laughs> your heart and your mind uh and your spirit. Until you're physically injured, and then it is magic in your hands. <laughs> from it, from it, no, but like this is the ultimate. Like again, to go back to the cultural and sensitivity point, it's yeah. like it hypes up his otherness, right? Right, like, right. Whoa, this Asian dude has like, magical powers. Sure, he knows karate, but also he's a fucking wizard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course, he's a wizard. Just listen to how he talks, man. The whole movie. Speaking wizard life, it's like no man, he's just he's just oh so the big be like this, this, your so, wizard was painting fences three the, weeks ago. The, the spoiler for community at the end is that they finally realize he's been so hard on Chang because he realizes that he has like the uh, it's not just that he's it's not that he's Asian it's that he has like the sad pathetic broken spirit to to <laughs> properly play Mr Miyagi and he goes through how Annie has been terrible the whole time. <laughs> like practically just like a parody of like an Italian American, but uh, it doesn't matter because just like Ralph Macchio in the movie is just like, hey, what the Mr. Miyagi? Like that's how Ralph Macchio played it too, and it's basically the same thing. The point is that Pat Morita made the movie, and they reveal at a certain point how his wife died in a Japan in a in an American Jap, Japanese internment camp yeah. while he was fighting in the war against Japan right yeah as an American and so he's a hero he'd lost his wife and unborn child and that's why he's so so lonely and now he, he has like Daniel son is like his surrogate son to, you know and so on and so you realize the whole thing and he and I think he, he actually won like an academy award for it too so like Yes, the first one is actually a good movie, and so is the second one. The first two, I forgot this because I just assumed after all this time, like, the first one's kind of good, and then whatever. But I forgot. The second one, so like you said, other than a few weird twists where he has magical powers, and he magically, like, he gets a girlfriend, although that that whole plot line is just, like, right, it's kind obligatory of 80s. Right, it's, right, it was total, like, 80s, like, we got it. There needs to be a love interest. In all three movies, and, like, it also kind of plays up that whole, like, the female, the interest, like, she's just there because, like, he's got to bang somebody, right? <laughs> like, uh, he's got to, because the second movie starts with him being like, yo, I can't believe she broke up with me. Oh, yeah, let's go to Okinawa. Like, he could have <laughs> just gone. Oh, well, except that, again, he has to try to, like, bang some Okinawan girl in the village because there's some woman of appropriate age, uh, I guess. He's supposed to be, like, in college at this point, so he should be an adult. But, like, they just, like, kiss awkwardly briefly before he, like, fights to save her from, like, the bad guy, and then he goes home, I think. So it's, it's yeah, whatever, the 80s. But um, anyway, I'm, I'm getting ahead of us. Uh, so <laughs> the best part about this video is that... Uh, they didn't, unlike the other two, they didn't film, unless there's another version that I can't, I can't find, but I don't think there is. Like, it doesn't actually have a bunch of shit with uh, Joe Esposito in it. It's just the scene from the movie that they use it in, but they use the entire song. It's the in entire the, song in the is in the in movie, movie yeah. during the final, the, the whole karate tournament. And so we'll see about them sweeping the leg and shit, because the whole karate tournament is this scene from the movie with this entire song 
All right, so this is the first one. This is You're the Best by Joe Esposito. Originally, I think, written for Rocky, but it didn't get put in Rocky. Oh, and I, so, I heard something about this. So it was just, you know, yeah, it was just written as a... Uh, oh, there's going to be some ad here. Um, so it's just written for, like, Rockies because it's pretty much just a generic, you know, Eye of the Tiger type uh, sports anthem. Why is he wearing a sport coat to it to coach a karate competition? He's like his manager. <laughs> and his, a very wide his girlfriend lapel. has shown up to watch him do karate. Also, like, he's the worst in the movie at karate, like, clearly. Oh yeah, now it's heating up. Here's a bunch of people who aren't bad at karate. <laughs> and then we'll cut back to that kid who's supposedly good at it now. Oh, he's wearing a headband. That's how you know he's serious. Oh, also, like, right, right before this, um... There's a whole thing where, like, you have to be a black belt to participate. So they gave him a black belt. Yeah, so Mr. Miyagi, like, buys him a black belt because basically, like, oh, yeah, here you go. Because he's trying to be like, yeah, it, 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 it's like belt for holding up pants, you know, <laughs> whatever. I love how everyone will, like, get sweaty and then get unsweaty before their <laughs> yes. next uh, match. Well, it's a montage, so we know that time has passed. The, the, the crowd is constantly clapping. <laughs> yeah. No, they do not stop clapping. Which I think is pretty unrealistic for a karate tournament. <laughs> yeah, right? Also, keep in mind, this is like a local... Right, uh, it's in like a high school gym. Yeah, it's like San Fernando Valley or something like... Local karate. There's tournament. a lot of black belts in uh, Southern California, <laughs> right? This section is amazing. You're the best in town. Listen to that sound. I don't know what that sound is, but it's the sounding of everyone clapping. Oh, because yeah. you're the best. Listen to that clap track. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty straightforward song. You're the best. Is this tournament supposed to be weight class or or what? I'm very confused. Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> it was open weight. <laughs> yeah. Shit was serious. In fact, I bet, actually, I bet, um, I bet a tournament like that is, like, divided by belt division. So, like, there's, like, the black belt division for, like, the main... <laughs> it looks like it was, like it looks like there was no division for weight or age. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, you'd think there'd be age. You'd think that. So, yeah, so anyway, uh, that is, like, everything but the final showdown 
Uh, it just covers him like qualifying for the the final showdown, basically. Right. Well, because they have to show all the the parts of him being supposedly the best. right, right, and also like he starts off, you know, like unsure, and he's like, "Yes, focus, Daniel-san," you know, and then throughout he, get, he gains confidence where he's like i can do this i can really do karate and i just found out today <laughs> because i got my black belt yes <laughs> so uh so the song on that one isn't as much of a like a, a comment like i mean you get the you're like yeah you're the best uh it's kind of standard rocky thing follow, follow your dreams believe how, in yourself how much time elapses in the movie like he gets his black belt in what three weeks? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> well, no, it's it's probably at least a few months because there are like holidays involved. Like oh. a key point, Halloween is oh, a key yeah. point. Which uh, so oh, so I didn't fill in the blanks about my personal. So I I saw this. I I, I had to uh, I've had to retrace certain like when certain things happen lately because I assume it's a certain year and then I realized like okay, so the Karate Kid came out in '84, so it couldn't have been that I saw the Karate Kid because I started doing Taekwondo in like '87. Okay. And so, or either 86 or 87 and Karate Kid 2 came out in 86. So I probably saw the Karate Kid, <laughs> and I saw the Karate Kid 2 in the theater. Yeah. So I probably saw the Karate Kid on TV, saw Karate Kid 2, let me get some karate. And <laughs> let me get some of that sweet right. karate. Oh, and then my, my dad kept me for like the rest of the time I did any martial arts or any time, uh, like my dad made the fairly accurate joke that every time a martial arts movie came out, it'd be like, oh, there's going to be a bunch of new kids showing up. And, they, and there were. Well, every time a martial arts movie came out in the 80s and 90s, well, those dojos made money. Well, the, I mean, to the current day, the, the theme is like, so if you, you know, if you go do any MMA thing, right? Like jujitsu or kickboxing, whatever, like you have to you have to pay monthly or, or whatever you're on some subscription right yeah and some people are are better at, at showing up than others but like the the monday after like an awesome ufc like yeah. there will be like, like <laughs> be everyone will show up uh, like, no, it's good that's like so the gym model that's so wait anyway, so so uh it's interesting though because the because right like you like you're saying the the karate kid was probably one of the top movies in the 80s that sent kids to oh, yeah. martial arts no, for sure like i remember so oh you actually you know him my buddy we went to his like his like gallery showing in brooklyn but it was like oh yeah he was just his painting. so um when when growing up like he he usually like had all the cool stuff right because his uh his mom he was um he's the only child and his mom was pretty high up in like the family's paper business and uh and so she was i i don't know if it was like one of those deals where like she was busy a lot so she was like you know, like, oh, like, I'll get him the cool stuff, whatever. And it, I remember, like, he, like, he was the one doing karate. Like, when <laughs> yeah. that shit hit, he was like, all right. Because I yeah. remember one time we went to, like, pick him up from karate, whatever. <laughs> but I, I don't think... I don't think that lasted long. But, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, yeah, that, that was real. Yeah. We we so, lived it. Yeah, so so the first one, like I said, so it's got... The message is clearly... It's, oh, I mean, there's the one angle where it's just this, the standard... You gotta believe in yourself, like Rocky... And they got to train hard. And you got to have, have an accent. have an accent. Right, right. Um, yeah, he's got, good, they got the Jersey accent. Uh, so. Uh, love you. <laughs> so. But it's got, it's also got this interesting, you know, like, uh, even though, again, there was no such thing as a McDojo. Well, there was, they just didn't have a name for it. Well, they, it was because, it had this, they, because they were large. That was the, what the majority, like the situation has gotten much better and there's much, right. many fewer McDojos, but I feel right. like back then they were all McDojos. Right. Cause there was, uh, right. Cause there was really no, uh, way to prove. Well, no one knew. Used to, right. Nobody right, right. knew they were getting like half-assed 
stuff too. Right, right because you well, so you had two problems. You had you had the one problem of there right there wasn't like a cross art breeding ground, so no one really understood the validity of any given one. And then so then outside the context of that, it's like. Uh, would, why does it really matter yeah. whether you're getting the real karate or not? Like, yeah, yeah. It also, uh, right. Well, and on top of that, but like also, there's I like the thing I I learned later. Uh, obviously, not at the Taekwondo dojo was that Taekwondo what they do, and it's super obvious when you think about it. Which I realized after doing it for seven years, I was like, oh yeah, they teach you all these forms, and they don't teach you like any of the applications of like this these are because like yeah a form is basically just a mnemonic device for yeah. a bunch of moves and whereas a, but we didn't know that we were just like this is a thing you do <laughs> it's part of the karate and so even though this technically is not karate <laughs> um but yeah so anyway so the, the point so they don't even teach you the application and so like and again taekwondo is the worst example because it's already like this uh like very you know, government-sponsored, like, official, like, you know, flattened-out martial art for, like, public consumption in Korea. But then on top of that, they came here and they're like, let's teach these guys half of it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I was thinking about this because that, because really, the Taekwondo dojos are, like, at least in, in, in Wisconsin, uh, and from just how much stuff comes up, and you know how much, it like, it's been in the Olympics and stuff, it seemed to be when when the world was, like, Oh, martial arts or the Western world was like, oh, martial arts, like Koreans were there like, yo, we got you. We got like they were just like (laughs) there ready to go and their dojos were everywhere. Like they must have well, they must have just like figured out like I like I started to picture like whether there were like actual meetings where people in Korea were like, hey, man, you know what you got to do? There's a franchising opportunity for you in America. Yeah. Like there's a land of opportunity. Um they'll they won't know until the late 90s <laughs> and then they'll be like son of a bitch <laughs> but and then a lot of them still won't know right right um the interesting thing uh with the whole uh you know find a, a small asian man uh is when you when you send to the second movie and so here's where it really becomes the empire strikes back because you would think after the the first movie that the second one would get kind of silly and and uh less interesting but it actually once in a blue moon somebody made a sequel that wasn't garbage yeah in the, um, in the 80s though you're right a lot of times it just got sillier so my yeah. favorite, again my favorite example of a sequel is caddyshack 2 yeah well, <laughs> the, the one the movie where he has magical powers of golf like, <laughs> right like, so okay well so the second one daniel's son's mother has moved and like I think they're determining contract negotiations went south. That's what that's about. <laughs> yeah, like well, they're they're uh, basically working out that, or maybe that's in the third. I might be confusing them if that happens at the beginning or the because they actually do a good job of like they all happen uh, in almost chronological order. Like the first and second one, the second one starts where the first one ends. Yeah, like they have this scene after he wins the trophy, uh, the bad sensei is mad at johnny lawrence 
and is about to like hit him because he's basically like a domestic abuser yeah. of his dojo right. and he's, he, and 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 then like Miyagi has to stop in and be like no nah, man you can't like I don't like I know that's the bad kid but I'm so good I'm gonna stop you from beating up that kid because it's like clearly your fault you're the dick behind the dick like you know you can't be hitting the kids and so then he like kicks his ass but you know by just like moving out of the way like dude tries to punch him and he lets him like hit a car window and does that twice <laughs> uh, in a fairly slow and you know you're like oh, really like the dude you're like well I got another hand so I'm gonna punch with that one ah son of a bitch and it's same thing <laughs> um so third time's the charm oh yeah. wait I'm out of hands yeah so it's like anyway so uh Miyagi finds out uh his father is dying he has to go back to Okinawa uh although like I said uh, Daniel is already available like the first line that he has is how like his girlfriend broke up with him uh which, <laughs> that was quick yeah yeah exactly uh she's like you peaked <laughs> yeah well and it's like um right and it's technically supposed to well maybe there's some time passes between the opening scene after the tournament and like maybe it's like a week later or something uh i don't know at any rate oh yeah he's supposed to be starting college but instead he uses the money to go to okinawa with his old asian man friend <laughs> Um, who again is his again is still like his like at one point it's established that it's like his only friend oh no in the third movie when he meets the third girl yeah he introduces her to him as his best friend this is my best friend mr miyaki it's like what and again i think the original uh, script that they pitched was like the hangover and then they ended up with karate kid (laughs) 2 yeah (laughs) okay so so they go to okinawa uh where uh kind of continuing with the, some of the realistic themes there's like a there's like a they try to find the village and now there's like a US army base there but the village is still like around the back or whatever <laughs> but it at least explains why everyone in the village speaks english okay uh and explain and when they meet um so the 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 cast is uh uh Miyagi's father taught him karate they only teach father to son but his best friend, uh, Sato, who's like a brother, he's not a, like a literal brother, but he's like a brother, and therefore his father was like a father to him, also taught him, because uh, Miyagi asked him to. So they're like brothers in karate, as well as <laughs> like not real brothers. <laughs> so, but that's, but uh, but then uh, Sato got was going to get arranged married to this this woman, and turns out that Miyagi and her had a thing, so they said. Oh, I do, I vaguely remember yeah. this now. So it's then, coming back. So to me. they're like, uh, we're gonna get married instead. This when uh, before Miyagi left, they were like, sorry, we're gonna get married instead. And then Sato was like, I will fight you or something. Oh, like, yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, oh, and and then Miyagi just like split town, I guess. And so he comes back after like all I mean, this time. At least he's consistent, right? So he comes back. <laughs> And uh, Sato's student and nephew, his name's like, I think his name's Chosen, but like Chosen. <laughs> right, yeah. Not like, right, it's a terrible name, but it's like Chosen, yeah, whatever. So Chosen, uh, she like picks him up from the airport, but like they didn't ask him to, and so it's already a little fishy. Like they end up taking him to like a warehouse and then just like leaving him there, because basically he's already like, you know, go back to America, Miyagi, we don't want you here. Sato doesn't want here, but if you do want to be here, you got to fight him. So, like, either leave, or get ready to fight. 
the the girl in the village who uh, Ralph Macchio has a thing with, like, I mean, I know that she like teaches the children dancing, and that's part of their whole thing. Is like, oh, dancing is kind of like martial arts if it didn't do anything, and <laughs> so there's that kind of oh yeah, eh, and uh, whatever. But like otherwise, I'm like, who is she? Like, I'm not sure if she's related to anybody directly. It's a small village, so technically, like you know, they're all they all know each other. But still, it's just like there's some girl there, so Ralph Macho can be like, so I'm single, by the way, <laughs> and technically. I am now a black belt and a champion. <laughs> and so I'm mysterious. I'm a local karate champion <laughs> in uh, California. Uh, so they, they he teaches them some more cr- crazy secret karate crap. Um, the uh, the, uh, the I feel like the theme in, in here though is kind of like there's this honor thing. Right? So Sato is constantly like, "You will fight me!" And like, there's this one hilarious scene where he does like some pose, like he's pulling back his fist to punch him, but it's so melodramatic and like directly in front of him, yeah. like that. It just I have always thought it was hilarious. But when I first saw it, I you know as like a child, I think I was like, "Holy shit!" He knows some like special punch that's gonna kill that dude, <laughs> and he's getting ready to do it. And then you, now you're just like. Now you're just like it. Literally, like again, every movie that's made fun of martial arts in the last like twenty years, yeah, has gotten it right. There's all it's super easy, right? Yeah. You just do a bunch of like like posing and shit, like directly in front of someone, you like within do, arms reach. You just do anything that will leave you susceptible to getting punched <laughs> right. in the face or taken down. Exactly. So anyway, so finally, you know, uh, following the same themes as the first one, eventually. You know, Sato takes it out on the village, and Miyagi agrees to fight him as a bet, as a wager that if he wins, he'll give the villagers because he owns the village because uh, there's a fishing village and Sato owns it. Blah blah blah. But he'll give them. You know, he won't like. Uh, he doesn't pay them well, and he owns their land, kind of shit. He'll he'll let them own their land if Miyagi wins, and therefore also stop being a dick to them. But then there's like a big. Uh, also, uh, Sato's student wants to bang the same girl as Ralph Macchio, so that's why one of the, on top of like already uh, by default disliking him because of the rivalry of his teacher, you know. Yeah. So basically, at the end of it, uh, same same themes. Like he he agrees to fight him, but then he doesn't have to because there's this big like hurricane or monsoon or something. And while everyone's, you know, uh, trying to get safety or whatever, uh, Miyagi ends up saving Sato because he gets pinned under something. They save him. Then there's some little girl out there in the storm. And for some reason, they try to send Chosen. But, like, literally, they're just like, you go. And he's like, nah, I'm good. Like, he won't go out in the storm because yeah. he's like, he's a coward, basically. Like, right? Yeah. That's the, the recurrent theme is like, he's also is like, He's like, if you insult my honor, I'll kill you, blah, blah, blah. But then he's a coward. So it's kind of about honor and like what real honor is versus like traditions of honor and blah, blah, blah. And like, so then Sato doesn't want to fight anymore because he's like, oh, I realize we're still bros. We had this argument, but like it wasn't really uh, a reasonable thing. And I probably shouldn't have spent years and years like, I'm going to kill that motherfucker when he comes back. Um, So (laughs) he goes back from Southern California. So then, uh, for uh, no uh, reason, Daniel's son goes out and saves the girl, therefore making that dude look bad. Though really, he made himself look bad because he was like, "I'm not gonna go save her." And also, like, there's all these other people there, and there's like none of them were gonna get. I don't know. So because they didn't know the karate, right? So then there's some like you know festival thing before they're gonna leave, and we're like, "Oh, now nobody has to fight." But then of course the bad student 
dude, uh, you know, his teacher has finally gotten over his grudge, but his student has still been taught the ways of right. dickheadery. No, this is total Darth Vader. Right, right. Right, like, so he, like Yoda was, like, chilling, and, yeah. and, and Anakin was like, but I need to fuck shit up. Right, so... I got all these feelings. I don't know what to do with them. So he shows up like with the girl, like with like a knife, like he's going to like, he's holding, it doesn't entirely make sense, but he's basically like, you got to fight me or I'm going to hurt the girl. And then in this one, Miyagi, because there's always this point where Miyagi's like, got to fight your own battles, kid. You know, where he kind of just like, because like he he showed every movie, there's at least one, one to three points where he bails his ass out. Right. It, in one point, like I, I watched, I noticed this time that he literally must have been like, I'm gonna have to follow him. He's gonna get his ass kicked. And he does. And then he shows up. And you're like, how did he just show up? Because he must have followed him. Um, including one time following him to a high school dance. Right. But uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but his mom is cool with it. <laughs> he followed. Oh, yeah. That was the other thing is that. I got, uh, a recurring theme in all three of these movies is that every single sensei in this trilogy is way too involved in his students' personal lives, like directly, like meddling in, like, like you built you bullying that kid good? You bullying him? How's that bullying going? You bullying that kid good? All right, we're gonna we're gonna take care. We're gonna make sure he gets bullied real good. <laughs> so, so the second movie. Uh, so then, so then Danielson has to fight the other dude who he like was like pitted against by default. Like from the beginning, he's just like, what's your problem, man? And he's like, oh, my problem is you. Oh, that was the other thing. Is that <laughs> my problem is you. What you gonna do? It's, it makes sense that they all speak English, <laughs> but it's still very polite of them to always speak English whenever that white kid is around. Right, right. So like they do speak Japanese to each other at some points. Like like the, the, the dying father speaks Japanese and there's some points where they speak to each other, but there's a lot of scenes where you're just like, well, for one, he's not even there, and you're just like, you guys just like practicing your English, or but then, but then, literally every time he is around, you're just like, are you guys just doing this so that he can understand you, like not to be rude? I mean, that's really thoughtful, but it's weird that that you guys like speak English so often. <laughs> uh, and you know, so it's the proper upping the ante. It's not a sanctioned. It's a real fight. There's no judges. Everyone in the room has decided not to interfere for some reason, including all the much better karate masters. Wait, so, so all these people who know point karate are right. are now gonna have a have a legit. Well, no, no, these shoot. people know no pre-sport karate. They know the because oh, it's, it's father to son. It's uh, I was reading up a little because I wanted to read up something about like like who started like belts and like how that progressed and i found this thing about how shotokan karate the like japanese one is actually just a derivation the okinawan dude is like all right japan we're gonna give you karate but we're taking out a bunch of stuff and so they like stripped it down for them so like and then that was you know even before it got further you know like uh for competition and stuff sure so like well so okay so there's two there's two things uh, so at what point was the art designed mainly to be for peasants to dismount, uh, like horse riding soldiers? Well, yeah, I mean, it was for defending them against was that in the, like the Japanese. In the, is that in the earliest form? Yeah. Like did the, that well, have a specific so name? Part of it, part of it comes from, um, uh, part of it comes from China. Okay. There was some Chinese martial arts, uh, that predates karate, 
and they that went uh whoever like brought that over brought it mm. to okinawa okay and so they got that and then supposedly refined it and it became their like you know family style in okinawa but they they used it to defend against the japanese and so when they did finally export a version of it like one of their masters made shotokan he was like let them benefit from karate except not teach them how to beat okinawan karate masters okay so, so like then, he specifically exported a right. like stripped down version right so then so then where does kyoshin fit into this i'm not sure because that, my understanding was that that's the actual like go hard version of the, the art form was essentially um you know they they're not doing point sparring right um yeah uh it looks like it was founded in yeah yeah full contact karate founded in 1964 so that's basically like going back oh, to okay. it okay so it's right. way later yeah. all right i didn't know if it was like a, a, a different like lineage but okay but it sounds like it was a retroactive yeah okay um so anyway so uh so so the point at the end of the second movie he has this real fight right they're gonna supposedly. shoot fight yeah and uh right because the guy's literally saying like because the, the the whole theme has been that if he if miyagi fights his old friend it's to the death and and also the th running theme is that danielson doesn't get that like he's really <laughs> slow like he is such an idiot it's um, from uh it's from getting kicked in the head at that <laughs> yeah, tournament in, yeah in southern california <laughs> right so right so he like throughout the movie he's like like well what so what so you fight him he's like like so what what is what happens to the loser or whatever he's oh, like yeah. oh loser i remember that part too right yeah, yeah where he didn't get it okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> i completely forgot about that yeah so oh yeah so we get to the end he fights this dude uh and we i i think we learn a value lesson we already know that like you know if you fight you lose so it's better not to fight and then it's like okay well obviously though if somebody you can fight to defend yourself there are certain reasons where it is reasonable to fight that's why you study fighting but there's kind of this theme in the second movie about like traditions of honor and stuff and how people will just basically be like i'm insulted let's fight to the death and uh i think that's kind of outdated <laughs> and we should probably not do that and so uh that seems to be the message of the movie which brings us to when the credits roll oh also so like as somehow uh, machio hooks up with the, i mean he like awkwardly kisses her once like uh this girl whose name i don't remember because you know she barely speaks in like she you know to make it more cutesy she's like one of the worst english speakers in the movie yeah. so that they can barely communicate and yet still just like yeah but you know right so clearly, jersey boy wait what's that test where if in a, if in a oh, movie the, the bechdel test yeah bechdel test. The movies this movie shit, oh my god i think it fails it's clearly so hard. fails right yeah because again there's two female characters in this one uh miyagi's love interest <laughs> and danielson's love interest and i they might speak to each other like once but i'm definitely sure male characters are around like i again because i don't know how she's even connected i don't think they're like ever well, right. alone together but, but again that with one of the components of that test right is like if two females have a conversation not about right so if they are love they, interests like, i don't think they even have a conversation that could even right you don't even get that far in the test it just so <laughs> fails it so the best part then uh, is 80s speaking of the 80s the song tied in is, uh, I think, possibly peak 80s cheese. It might be the cheesiest ballad of the 80s. That's saying a lot because I've heard Honeymoon Suite. 
I don't know who's that. <laughs> exactly, they're one of those like soft metal bands oh, okay. near the end, where like when when like everybody well, was putting out power ballads. Yeah, and basically well, they decided to just only record power ballads. Oh shit! <laughs> no, seriously, the, yeah. you should look this I band should, up. I will. That's, it's, that sounds They're a forgotten treasure. They're they're up there with like Slave Raider for yeah. like forgotten eighties metal treasure, <laughs> Honeymoon Suite. Like that, like how is it even defensible at that point that you're a metal band if your name is Honeymoon Sweet? Right. But no, this is like, but this was actually a big hit too, is the thing. This was a big hit single. Oh, yeah. And uh, like, so this time I was watching the tie in video and really just thinking, like, yeah, man, nothing says karate <laughs> like this really slow love ballad. And again, the, the, the initial issue is that. The main uh, chorus of this song is, is I am a man who will fight for your honor. And I'm like, no, that's the, did you not watch the movie just, that I just I'm, finished? I'm willing to bet that they did not. Are you going to tell them who sings the song? Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's Peter Cetera, <laughs> right? Like the song is called The Glory of if Love. I, if I ever saw a man that I was convinced, you know, like I looked at him and I said, that dude's a fighter. It was not Peter Cetera. <laughs> also, like, he's wearing some hilarious, like, flowy 80s outfit. Oh, and his hair is, like, he's frosted on, to yeah, a helmet. And enormous. And every single, like, I, I, I went on an Instagram tear because every single frame that you pause it on of his face is, like, some hilariously perfect, like, face he's made. Like, him yeah. mugging, right? Right. No, they were, like, emote. You gotta emote yeah, more. Yeah, he's emoting so hard. So, uh... But anyway, the, the, so I got to read the, 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 before I play it, the lyrics to the chorus uh, are hilarious. So it's, I am a man who will fight for your honor. I'll be the hero you're dreaming of. We'll live forever knowing together that we did it all for the glory of love. Uh, <laughs> so first of all, like, so we already know, like, it's, it's this recurring joke. It's become a recurring joke to where the, like, the joke is a cliche about a cliche this thing about like pop music having like being like we're gonna live forever right and having this dumb thing like but this was like way back in the 80s and this dude was not young and he's singing like how we're gonna live and i always heard that i was like whose blood have you been drinking are you hanging out with dick clark i even remember in the 80s hearing this and kind of being like i don't think that's true dude i don't think you're gonna live forever regardless of who you fought like hey it was supposed to be the tie-in to highlander he got, oh, he got karate yeah. kid instead. Actually, hey, maybe yeah, maybe they just had leftovers from Highlander, I just tell, like the first one. They got a leftover right. from uh, Rocky. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's the Hollywood song swap. Loggins wasn't available, so they had to settle for Satara. Oh man, it's, it's already so 80s. Oh, the other interesting thing is uh, is this one. You listen to the lyrics. Uh, it really doesn't sound like he wrote it for this movie. Like he just wrote a fucking ballad. Uh, other than maybe fighting being involved. Oh, there's also like reference to like knights in shining armor, and you're like wrong culture, <laughs> right? Like, not. Uh, and then the line uh, where he says he's going to take you to his castle far away, which sounds way more creepy now than I thought it did in the '80s. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to all that. Just so this is all the, the key points you're going to want to listen for. It was acceptable in the '80s, Matt. <laughs> The glory of love. This is my favorite vocal production technique of the 80s, by the way. Okay, so I seriously, for the longest time, like he's always doubled, right? Yeah. 
he's, he does it so much that I started to be like, does he somehow naturally sound double? Like, no one, I need to find a live recording. No one sounds like Because, right, that's what I'm like, I, I'm positive he just always doubled, but like, he does it so consistently that you're just like, Peter Satira has natural double. Okay, so speaking of the Star Wars theme, he looks kind of yes. like Luke Skywalker. Like, <laughs> yes. like, he looks like Mark Hamill. And especially with those facial expressions, but those are Return of the Jedi Mark Hamill facial expressions. Oh, here's where the doors slide open and it's a green screen to the clips from the movie. Right, so he's in a green screen dojo for those of you who aren't watching, and now they're doing karate. Oh, he's smashing like an ice block. Yeah, this is some serious action. It's, this is a great 80s montage. But also, like, this montage just highlights how slow and plotting, like, this ballad is and how un-karate like it is. He looks so creepy. He looks like a creepy woman. He actually kind of looks like Linda McMahon. <laughs> no, for serious, yeah. man. Yeah. We, we need to screen cap it and do a side-by-side. He looks like a cross between Ellen and Linda McMahon. <laughs> yeah. But here's someone's hand. Oh, here's where he just does this weird, creepy dance. Oh, there's the knife part. Oh yeah, this is the showdown. He's not really fighting for her honor, he's fighting for, like, her physical safety. <laughs> Although I guess he has to fight him and not anybody else for his honor, maybe? I don't know. Seems like a stretch. I just want to point out that the song is terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yep. What is he doing? Like, emoting. Emoting so hard. It's literally like they were like, okay, you need to emote, but do not move from that right. spot. You will screw up the green <laughs> yeah. screen. So like that, he starts to almost do this little dance thing, and then you... Oh, whoa, hand gestures. Hands. Jazz hands. He doesn't know how to fight, so he's just like, I'll I'll wave my hands around like I can fight or something. Did he wear a lot of, like, black sweats in the 80s, or did they think that would be more... See, I'm not up on Peter Cetera, but I feel like they were like, you need to get in some athletic-looking clothing. Right. But we don't want to put you in a gi, because that might be too right. obvious. That would be too so, obvious. Uh, could you wear some, like, black workout sweats? <laughs> Wait, did the dude, like, almost assault him with, with gardening shears? I'm... Uh, possibly. Oh, man, the mugging What, what is he is... doing? Oh, also, I forget, he also keeps looking up. Like, I'm yeah. always like, what the fuck is up there? Oh, oh, so at one point, I was like, wait. Oh, wait, here's wait, wait, here's... To... This is the Law yes. & Order theme song part. <laughs> it's also like the smooth groove part. Beer. He also starts doing this fucking dance. Right, but he doesn't move from that spot. Right. Because that's his mark. Right, that's what <laughs> I'm saying. That's the only spot he's lit for. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to listen to that last little groove and also... <laughs> also, just because like... So this, this last bit is like perfect mugging. And him like looking up. So 
when he's <laughs> right. No, you can pause it on any frame of this. That's why I posted three oh Instagram God, pictures. This is amazing. I wanted no, to do I know, more. I, saw I wanted to keep going because I was like, every just, fucking. You should have just started an account, Peter Satara's <laughs> face, yes. and like, and just post a frame. Peter Satara's sweet mug. Just like, post a frame a day. That could yes. go on for years. Yes, you, dude, you would get a billion followers. Like that. I don't know. Do, does anybody remember Peter Satara? Like seriously? No, that's part of the joke. <laughs> All right. He's the lost treasure of the 80s. So the other thing is he keeps looking up and I start to be like, wait, is he looking up to heaven? Like, is these is the woman he's singing to like dead? Like he fought for her honor. Well, well, and well, he'll well, live well, forever. Miyagi did. Right. 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 So maybe well, there's maybe, like uh, maybe she died. And like maybe he means we'll live forever, like metaphorically. But you're gone. Like, it's weird that he's. The other thing is the way he keeps moving his mouth here, you can't actually sing. Right, yeah. He's moving his lips like the least amount, but every other muscle in his face. And he starts to do this little... Also, you can see just how like crazy baggy in the 80s his outfit is. It's I I hear the Law & Order theme song every time. It's like the outro is like a... The excerpt from a much better, groovier <laughs> song. I, I want to hear that song. Like <laughs> everything else is like such like pl- plotting one, two, Matt, three, you know, four, and then at the end it's like boom, bing, ding, ding, Matt, ding. Leave, oh, yeah. leave him wanting more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leave him wanting more uh, of a good song. Although again, this is a huge hit in '86. It was also on one of his albums, so like I seriously. I have a feeling like maybe at the last minute he worked in some lyrics about. No, I mean I remember this song, yeah, and I d- I don't remember it in the context of the movie, like because right. I don't think that's I why ever they saw had to the do video. the tie-in video, right? I don't think <laughs> it's on the video. I just remember I just remember it being a hit. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> this brings us to Karate Kid Three. Uh, so the third one is really the Return of the Jedi. Like I said, it's way more karate. Ties back to the first one as much as possible. They they ran on anybody who like I don't know uh, who had the idea for it, but the whole premise of the second one set it off in a good direction. The third one, they're coming back from Okinawa. Southern California. Well, first, okay, so first of all, th- th- this is where it really uh, we decide to catch up with our old friend John Kreese from the, <laughs> the bad guy from the other dojo. They read like every movie. The second and third one always start with like a little clip from the previous one. They really like tie them in well. Um, and so the third one, they remind you how Miyagi beat that dude up after the tournament. But you know, because he was gonna assault his own student. Um, and but apparently after, so they show these like newspaper clippings, and supposedly because Daniel won the tournament, his dojo went out of business, which is hilarious. <laughs> like any karate tournament in the 80s ever meant Mattered. that much yeah and uh, like they didn't all just say like oh well but like who can, like, no the tournaments were never that important especially at that age group especially when you see like uh anyone who did that kind of stuff they have like a million trophies there's like there's yeah. like a tournament every week i have like nine trophies dude yeah. i got so many trophies <laughs> oh my god i'm weird i'm tempted to like i was thinking about the other day i was like what the fuck am i gonna do with those and then i was like i could just like 
fucking ironically display them but like no one will get it's ironic <laughs> well, uh, like so when i lived in stoughton mass yeah there was um they i remember i would there was this street i would drive down all the time and there were these new developments like they were building these these brand new condos and stuff and right in the middle of all of it the oldest shittiest saddest looking building was the trophy place like like where you <laughs> yes. could go get the team trophies yes. made for you. and i was like yeah. i was so tempted to be like i want to just get obnoxious right. trophies right. made for myself you can but about things that don't exist <laughs> yes like um right no because i i do actually hilariously have um some latin club trophies because <laughs> yeah. like i've kept around because right because i think it's hilarious but everyone get i think like latin club is and is far enough long that everyone yeah. gets that it's ironic yeah well what's hilarious also is like i've uh, like i said I, ha I i at least have like at least seven I, I lost count. I forgot. I don't remember anymore. They also got less. Like I also started to realize how easy it was to get them, and I was like, "What the fuck, man?" Uh, but, but it's funny because I st I stopped doing taekwondo by the time I was like thirteen. Mm -hmm. So I got all those trophies before I was thirteen, and so it's like that alone should be like. There's not a lot of thirteen year olds out there that you're like, "Yo, watch out for that kid." Uh, heard he's got a lot of trophies. Yeah, he's, he's got a lot of trophies. Not the trophy circuit. For, so if you have any boards in your house, you better watch the fuck out. <laughs> um, okay, so or, or large blocks of ice. Right. Don't invite him to a really fancy wedding. So okay, so this is uh, we really this is really the catalyst for talking about it on the podcast because <laughs> yeah, there's all these songs or whatever. But the third Karate Kid movie is so hilarious. Uh, first of all, it like undoes or like it takes everything to like a weird like you could kind of get behind like. Karate's for self-defense, uh, you know, uh, the spirit of martial arts is not necessarily competition, et cetera. There's some real interesting good ideas in the first couple. Some stuff about, you They're know. They're wholesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's some silly parts, but, you know, in a good direction. So the third one is where we really get into, like, let's really dig into this good and evil of karate thing. <laughs> well, what, like, year, what year was this? Uh, good question. I think it was 89. Oh, okay, so Smells Like Teen Spirit had not come out yet. <laughs> Also, uh, all of the Karate Kid movies, the title officially is The Karate Kid, The Karate Kid Part 2, The Karate Kid Part 3. <laughs> I noticed this as I was watching them and preparing this, because I was like, so I decided it'd be funny, because nobody says The Karate Kid, and I didn't really want to write Part 2 or 3, but then I thought it'd be hilarious, no, I'm going to write out The Karate Kid Part 3. Like, I want every single word every time, treat it like it's The Godfather, uh... Because it's the godfather of 80s karate <laughs> movies? 80s, jeez. <laughs> uh, okay, so the third one uh, is re really interesting because this character, Terry Silver, he's basically the emperor, right? Because he's like the friend and more scary. Uh, I don't know if he, I think he, if he's his teacher, but uh, he and John Kreese uh, are like war buddies from, from Vietnam uh and i mean they both do karate I, I thought when i originally saw that it was implied that he was his teacher because he's somehow better than him right they're like it always implied that like this guy is not only bad but he is more good at karate than the <laughs> other bad guy was but i guess they're just friends and he's better because he's rich maybe so he's also is like just absurdly rich for dumping uh toxic waste like he literally all that they like explain that he does other than owning 
uh, like dojo. Like I think he owns the Cobra Kai chain or something. And he, so he helps like him reopen, but when they, cause it's like such an eighties, like cliche evil rich guy. Yeah. Right. He has a ponytail. Uh, is it slick back? Oh, it's so slick. His ponytail <laughs> is so fucking slick. Um, it's, I, gotta, I don't think you. I ever saw Karate Kid three. So that I'm in, I'm in for a lesson. It's, um, oh man, it, you might want to watch it. It is hilarious. <laughs> I might. I also might not. Not only does this guy make these hilarious evil faces, but look at how many of these search results are hilarious evil faces that he made in that movie. Nice. Yeah. Wow. He's constantly like, in case you didn't notice, Danielson, I'm more evil than that other evil guy. So... Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. See, this is him and John Kreese uh, laughing evilly to each other when they decide. Because, so, OK, so so he uh, he decides they team up to get revenge on Mr. Miyagi and Daniel-san because they supposedly uh, based on the premise that they put this dude out of business <laughs> with, with keeping in mind, they are not a competing karate school. Mr. Miyagi still only has one student. Didn't, right, yeah. There is no, like... They, right, there wasn't, like, a mass detection right. to Mr. Miyagi. But they literally, like, there are points in the movie where you're kind of like, do they think that he wants to, like... Because they're like, you'll never teach karate again. Like, he only teaches one kid. He's clearly not trying to, and like, he, franchise. And that kid already has his black belt, so yeah. he's done. <laughs> There's nothing more to learn. And so, he, here, uh, right, he... uh yeah, so, like, at one point, you're just like, do they, I mean, part of it is that they're evil, and so, you know, it, it doesn't matter, but, um, uh, so, this generically evil dude, so he's, like, like, making, you know, uh, phone calls in his, uh, in his jacuzzi, and, like, a butler <laughs> named, I mean, jacuzzi's pretty stereotypical, yeah, but it's so, guy. but, like, all of it, it's all there, right, <laughs> like, at some point, you know, I think he has, like, a cell phone, or a, or a car phone, maybe, because, you know, only evil guys in movies had those. Uh, well, he he obviously has his own home dojo, right? They show him doing karate because he's also a karate guy. Anyway, so he's generically evil. So they plot to get back at him. So what they want to do is... So, so Terry Silver uh, immediately drops whatever, you know, business he's doing, other than making, like, uh, hot tub calls about dumping nuclear waste... Because that's what always is like, what do you mean they don't want me to dump this toxic waste there? We'll tell them they're going to do it anyway. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's just like, he makes another call about how he dumps. He has the most evil job we can think of, which is dumping toxic waste for no profit. No directing other people to dump right, it. Right. Somehow facilitating the dumping of toxic waste and making a huge profit off it. Uh, and so what he, but what he does is, Danielson, having learned nothing in this trilogy... <laughs> wants to defend his title because uh that tournament actually has some sort of championship continuity which also seems unlikely but uh, he's the lineal champion of this high school gym karate tournament and there's there's a new rule this year for this film that the defending champion I think they might have like maybe the rich guy like changed this rule like got this rule changed as part of the plot because it's that he doesn't have to compete. He doesn't have to, like, be in the bracket. He can just fight once to defend his title. 
maybe he wanted him to do it so he'll think it's going to be or maybe they just wanted a way to write the rest of the tournament out of the movie because they don't really get into like they that way they didn't have a good montage we'll, song we'll get right for, for the, oh it they was, definitely didn't as was, we're going to see it from was, the actual tie-in song it was 89 and they were all out of they're fresh yeah. out of montage no, you're going to see the song they have is not uh not for that kind it's of montage montage worthy um so Mo- not montageable uh so you know i don't know if they bother trying to explain daniel you know not still being involved with an okinawan girl or if they're just like well you know different area codes <laughs> <laughs> um so there's some new girl who uh he, he's trying to help miyagi start a bonsai tree shop he meets this girl because she does pottery so she can make the pots for the bonsai trees and he asks her out and she's like yeah but then when he actually goes to pick her up she's like by the way i had this boyfriend we were broken up but now it's like we're gonna give it a try and this happened like in between him asking her out and them about to go out so then they continue to go out on this date with him being like yeah it's cool nothing's gonna happen whatever let's just go do this date anyway because i'm a schmuck and (laughs) uh, again and i have learned nothing in two previous karate movies Uh, so no, what he learned is that this is a great setup for a movie. <laughs> right. You're looking at this all wrong, Matt. Terry Silver hires this other karate kid <laughs> named Mike Barnes, P- part the third, who's like, you know, he's been winning tournaments, uh, tournaments that matter. And he's like karate's bad boy, right? He's tough and he don't take no, I don't know, whatever. whatever I wish everyone could see your this is, gesticulations this right is, now. This is part of the ridiculous theme of this movie is this idea that like evil karate is kind of like, like in the first one too, like the sweep the leg, right? Is that's yeah. like breaking the rules. But the problem is like you can't really build a fight career on like breaking the rules because you'll get disqualified. Like there's, if there was an effective way to break the rules, people would do it all the time and they would change the rules. Right. So it doesn't make any sense that like, anyway, so he hires this kid to enter the tournament and also harass him. He's like, you're going to enter this tournament and I'm going to take your title. And he's like, uh, no, that's cool, man. You can have the title. You just enter the tournament. I'm not going to do it. And he's like, no, no, you got to defend it. And so it, he never puts together that there's some extra weird motivation behind this because he doesn't know this guy at all. Yeah. This guy plus a couple of generic like thug friends show up. And it's also interesting because it's the 80s. And so like the way that they show that a guy is is evil, especially uh, like they show their treatment of women has like shifted from the 80s to now. Like now it's just if a guy's like 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 bitch leave me alone like like if he just like says something harsh to her but then it was like no no he has to physically assault oh, yeah, a yeah, woman yeah, right, like right, so at some right. point gotta lay hands he on. like he kicks her because it's a karate movie yeah and it would have been just as effective for him to like slap her even shove her but like she tries to grab him when they're like you know trying to stop them from like smashing up the shop and he like just flat out just like sidekicks her uh which she's gotta stand there and get sidekicked because it's a karate movie and that's what people you know <laughs> Uh, because just no like one life. had any striking defense right. in the 80s. Right, right. You just go, oh no, a kick is coming at me. It's 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 the pro wrestling. <laughs> right. format. No defense. Right. So the, the interesting part, uh, which really uh, is why he's such an, an evil character, is that Terry Silver shows up. He befriends Dan- Okay, so oh, wait, okay, I, need to, I need to clarify. At this point... Daniel-san's mother is living in another city and is letting him live with Mr. Miyagi. So at this point, he now lives with Mr. Miyagi. He is an adult, uh, <laughs> so it's not like he's his like guardian or anything. 
technically he was an adult in the second one because he was supposed to be in college and instead he went to Japan. And then in the third one, he's just like, college, uh, yeah, maybe he's doing it on the side. I don't know. But mostly <laughs> it's like, who cares? Karate. Karate. Uh, so the romance uh, plot in this one is like the weakest. It's literally just like mirror the previous <laughs> beats, but like with this weird thing where like, uh, like, I, I don't know if they, I don't know what, like she, why she has like the other boyfriend who's not in the movie. Cause it's like. Right. There's that weird thing where like the bad guy is hitting on her, but there's no actual chance of him stealing her. So he has to be evil enough that he like, oh, well, but he'll like hurt her and anyone else unless somebody stands up to him because he's so, so bad. He's so such a karate bad. That's the other thing they don't like. It's just like this guy is just a generic sociopath. Like he's the bad boy karate. I'm sure he won't mind beating up some chicks <laughs> and some some uh, nerdy uh, Jersey kids. Uh, so. Silver shows up and befriends Daniel-san because Miyagi won't train him and he offers to train him, but he kind of subtly works it in, right? He really, like, he, he, he is stalking him. He's at, like, at one point he shows up to, like, save him from the kid he hired to harass him, you yeah. know? Like, it's an extremely it's yeah. elaborate con all to get back at this one kid and Mr. Miyagi, although they really seem focused more on Daniel-san than Mr. Miyagi, who they really should be more angry at. Even though, again, he doesn't actually want to compete with them in the business sense at all. He just got a bunch of people to not learn karate. <laughs> Maybe what happened was like there was a dip in interest in karate after that ridiculous tournament. Because they didn't see the movie. Right, right. <laughs> in their timeline, the movie right. about them did not exist <laughs> to spike interest in karate. <laughs> so this is the where it gets really ridiculous. Uh so Silver's thing, I guess what they're trying to say is that he's, like, corrupting him by making him, like, again, he's trying to teach him stuff that isn't legal, but will hurt someone. But technically, that just means he's teaching him effective techniques that aren't <laughs> legal in competition. It's but just, it's made to seem like he's like, why would I ever want to hurt somebody? It's like, because that's how effective martial arts work sometimes. Be, be like, it, it's called Krav Maga. <laughs> yeah. And it's... <laughs> so, uh, so he teaches him like, uh, he also, you know, he's also trying to like torture him. So he, he teaches him like sweep. Uh, and then he, but he always starts like, so he'll start him on like the bag. And then he switches him to like a board, which is in some kind of a weird, like, you know, person shaped uh, target thing. Yeah. But each target is like a board so you can break them. But, you know, clearly using like harder wood than you're supposed to or whatever. So he like hurts himself trying to kick all these boards and shit and injures himself. But then like, but he's also, t but then at the same time, like eventually he like breaks all the boards and it's like you made him better at karate. <laughs> Is your evil play? Like I get, it, I get. It. He's kind of turning him against Miyagi's like philosophy and stuff. But at the same time, uh, you know, it doesn't entirely make sense. The dark side is intoxicating, Matt, because right. it empowers you. Empowers you, you shoot to lightning bolts. Actually, fight people in the real world. <laughs> he like this dude he's fighting in the lat in the tournament is really tough. They they ha they do have a montage. It's just that dude beating everybody else okay. because he has to you know get up to the final fight. Like at one point, like he gets knocked down, and Miyagi's like, like uh, it's okay to lose the fight, but don't like quit. You know. 
you started the fight, you have to finish it. He's like, get up. <laughs> Don't be a little bitch. And so he, so that was kind of like the message that was like, you know, and, but what would have been an amazing ending is if he had fucking lost. Again, this never would have happened, especially in the 80s. Right. But if you think about it, what an amazing ending it would have been if he actually lost. Really try to put it more on like a, you really could have put the trilogy on a Rocky type of level. Again, also the third one would have to be less of a piece of shit. But uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, if they had made the third one a little less of a, you know, caricature and uh, repeating the plot from the first one, if he had lost, because the whole thing is like, yeah, even when he, he's fighting this kid throughout the thing and he's still getting his ass kicked because, you know, he, he's probably been, as far as we know, like, even if you add time in between movies, it's probably like a year total max, right? Yeah. So he's been doing karate maybe a year. <laughs> he has a black belt. <laughs> even the uh, actor playing him cannot make it look like he knows karate very well. <laughs> and by the third movie, you would think he would kind of get okay by then. But anyway, so then uh, <laughs> you get to the credits and the tie-in song. And then bam! <laughs> is the Little River Band. Little River Band. Listen to your heart. And there's the best part of this video, uh, there's a shot... There's a, it's a tie-in video, so they, they cut back and forth between Little River Band, which is these five uh, dudes, and scenes from the movie. And there's this one scene where it literally sounds like they're describing what's happening in the tie-in footage. Like, <laughs> like you, you just got home, and you're tired of the fight, and you're like, wait, what? They describe it? You just got home. But then this one part, uh, there's a clip of the, the girl, the love interest, uh, and it sounds like they're talking from her perspective to him and then after i saw that the rest of the song to me just sounds like they're singing the thoughts of the female love interest still a band of dudes but anyway oh i guess if he had listened to his heart he would have known not to sweep the leg because he would know right from wrong This video looks like it cost a lot of money to make. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw throw some Japanese looking characters on the screen. <laughs> Who are these people walking around? I don't know. They're like they're like playing in someone's painting studio. And it's clearly yeah, very it's heavily like a, used. Yeah, it's like a construction site or something. no one there cares that Little River Band is there. <laughs> just like in real life. That is a, not a good look. He's got that, like, bald on top, but not quite a Hulk Hogan. Like, bald on top, long on the sides. This it's is another, another great juxtaposition of really soft music while with scenes of people doing martial arts. <laughs> Which to me just reinforces how soft, soft rocking. Did you see him work in the heavy bag there, throwing those awful yeah. right oh, hooks? That was also a great. Uh, they cut back and forth between him working the heavy bag and Daniel doing some like forms or something. And again, it's like 
well, this idiot was punching a heavy bag. He should have been doing Tai Chi really slow. Like, come on. <laughs> his training is evil training. Oh, I remember this. Right, where he's... So Daniel's he trying to... trying to the shadows. Daniel's trying to break the uh, the targets, and, yeah. uh, and he's standing there being like, ah, he's, he's standing there. My plan is working. Laughing evilly behind the wall. It's... Oh, my God. What is the, the drummer... Like, everyone has really inappropriate facial expressions. What is it with the Karate Kid and inappropriate facial expressions? Yeah, the forms, like... Oh, it's one of those 80s strats where the they cut the pick guard to make it, like, look cool and modern, <laughs> and they never did that again. What? What is with what the fish? Oh my god, these guys are coked out of their mind. It's <laughs> the only explanation. Uh, he's got, he's got the, the drummer has his sleeves rolled up, but he also has his t-shirt tucked in. <laughs> oh yeah, this is when Miyagi shows up after following Daniel's <laughs> I feel like this would make a better, like, just for men commercial than it would, like, <laughs> karate movie tie in. Or antiperspirant? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's actually really good. Listen to your heart. Okay, this song was terrible. It went nowhere. And this, and it had even less video. to do with Karate Kid than the previous yeah, ones. Yeah, I mean now in in, in retrospect, Peter Cetera was killing it. Like, yeah, I mean it, it was. <laughs> I at least it was like thematically. I mean, it was the exact wrong song. Right. I mean, he but got at least the, it seemed to have something. He to got do. the the culture wrong. <laughs> you know, nights uh, from long ago. The castle actually may have been an attempt to tie in because there was like this the ruins of an old castle and they show it briefly in the video when he mentions the castle mm. so they were like the castle's in the movie you can check <laughs> but he still says like a knight in shining armor which uh you could argue that samurai were the equivalent to knights but their armor was usually less shiny and so it just it doesn't it doesn't hold up peter satira what what are you thinking it's okay it was, it was acceptable the 80s, in the so, 80s yeah it was like close enough so you know what we need to do now, Matt? What's that? We need to watch the karate rap. Karate <laughs> rap? <laughs> you don't know about this? Karate rap. Okay, all right. I gotta. I'll intro this for everyone. So there. Oh no, I I I recognize. Okay, this. so these there are these people. Uh, they were actual martial artists. Yeah. And and when you hear, there's a part in here where they talk about the other martial arts that they they did. So they sound like pretty legit. And they made this music video for this karate rap, and it's. The ultimate sing song, my name is so-and-so, and I'm <laughs> yep. here to say rap. Okay. Um, and the thing was, they couldn't get it played on MTV because this was back when MTV wouldn't play rap. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of the big, like, oh. yeah, it's like, it turned out it didn't matter. <laughs> it wasn't just because, you know, there wasn't any white people rapping yet. There's Here's, we're some, and MTV oh, still man. didn't want to play it. Like, uh but uh, yeah, this is speaking of bad music. Th this is it.
relax and breathe. <laughs> that's some smooth. That's a smooth beat, though. I guess this is when like rap sounded like it was regularly sampling yacht rock. There you go. It's the the geishas show up. It goes downhill <laughs> fast. Yeah, yeah. From coast to coast. Train your body. Yeah, and they show everyone's butts doing like these exercises. Like like karate's sexy. Train your body. Train your body. See, it's total I don't think like, that's true. My name is so and so, and I'm here. I do to not say. think that you are known karate. as Karate Girl. Train your body. Karate. What are the other girls, in, the other Train women in this video body. called? If you are a Karate Girl, Karate Girl too. <laughs> other Karate Girl. <laughs> this guy, screaming guy, charges the screen with sticks. Also, I really doubt that she's known the world over as Karate Girl. We're talking about these geishas know her. <laughs> They're clearly from. I feel like she's the world. probably not recognized in Japan as Karate Girl. And you're holding your sword backwards. Oh, okay, so Wait. now she hold goes on, from being on. in a gi to being in her like '80s rocker clothes. No one wants to fight with a samurai. <laughs> but see, she cuts the scene. Right. They, well, there was a cut there, too. There was one, and then it was facing the right way. Oh, yeah, and he has this sparkle sequin thing. Oh, man, this is so bad. <laughs> that went nowhere. They were like, we got costumes, what we didn't get was tans. <laughs> they look like deathly pale. Wait, why should I listen to your rhyme? Like, that's not... You training karate is not a reason for me to listen to your rhyme. That would be a reason for me to learn karate from you. If you say studied literature extensively, then perhaps I should listen to your rhyme. I'm a black belt. This is literally like... Problematic. This was like they sat around and anything they could think up went in. Like, no, nothing was there edited There were no discarded out. verses. Right, right. Every rhyme they could think of. Kumite. Kumite. What you say? See every rhyme they can yeah. think of. Right, because they don't go anywhere. <laughs> they just go on to the next <laughs> rhyme. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even have a. It was just cool. <laughs> no, they. They, they literally. Yeah, they don't even think of like a phrase. Kumite. Uh, what rhymes with kum kumite? Kumite. Uh, what you say? What you say? That rhymes. All right, moving on. <laughs> All right, check. Life with my karate wife. Two karate kids in our karate home. A karate dog. He's got a karate bone. <sighs> no, it's this is this is the epitome of, of bad rap. It trains your mind. You got a parrot 
I changed your mind, and then he proceeds to break uh, the the wood with his head. See, now there's a bird talking like this. And of course, they have to do the descending force thing. Like, yes. There's absolutely there's negative flow to this as well. Yes. It's not that there's no flow. It in fact is so awkward it disrupts the pace of the whatever you want to call this. Wait, was that a ninja flipping you off? No, it was the same ninja from... Uh... Wait, look, no, oh, yeah, yeah, he is. he is. The ninja silhouette is flipping you off. It's the same ninja, I think, that from when he was training in his car. Oh, shit. That's him, right? He trains in his car. That means he's a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> I Like, nothing about this makes sense. I'm a ninja. See? Karate. They, that that didn't part flip they you right, off, though. Right, but they didn't that end rhyme. One, I don't know if they it, did it on purpose, it though. It didn't like, either. That end one, though, it almost looked like they just found a, a clip of a ninja, <laughs> and they didn't even notice that it was giving the finger. Like, there's no way they intentionally put ninja flipping you off at the end of this. Maybe it's not, like, supposed to be flipping you off, but, like, the resolute, you know, by the time, like, the it's little so hand of it. Yeah, it just looks like... <laughs> Fuck you! I should I should definitely take a swing. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the One True Matt and the podcast at YMIB Podcast. You can also like us on Facebook and please send us any suggestions you have for things you'd like us to review, analyze, or shit on. 